right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center on Father's Day 2022. Let's hear it for all the dads out there. Yeah. Amen. Well, we are going to have a phenomenal time today. Father's Day is a, it's a day that we celebrate because it is a blessing to have godly men in our lives that are raising their kids in the ways of God and, and uh, just being a good husband to their wives. And uh, we realize that, that that's not the case, you know, all around the world. So we're very, very excited about today. We are going to have a good time. We're going to laugh. We're going to, I don't know, maybe you'll cry. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to have a really, really, really good time celebrating the dads. And looks like we're going to have a pretty full house. So try to uh, grab a seat if you can. And we're going to get things started. But we're going to open up just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States. Can we stand up together today? Amen. Because we are going to choose to believe that America is coming to Jesus and uh, and we need to stand in the gap for our nation. Amen. We refuse to let it go down. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go ahead and we are going to speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. All right. Well, um, so all the parents of kids, we're going to keep the older kids in here, the elementary kids, for just about 10 minutes until we uh, they uh, give out some gifts to the dads, and then they'll go to their class here in just a few minutes, all right? Well, what we're going to do now is start off our service like we always do, with a little meet and greet time, so find somebody to shake their hand, give them a great big hug, because you know they want a hug on Father's Day, and make sure everybody gets a little love today, amen? Let's go. One thing I needed A moment This passing It's not what I'm seeking Like it's the air I breathe I want your presence Beat on the earth I put up heaven Still for you Completely consumes me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you You're fine Chasing who you are 
like it's the air I breathe I want your presence beat on the earth I'm full of living seal for you completely consumes me I can't get enough can't get enough of you your fire is burning right through me Praise the Lord. Well, hopefully everybody got a little love this morning. Amen. You can be seated for a minute. And again, like I said, we've got an action-packed day today. We are celebrating the dads. And uh, we love our dads so much that they're not only getting one gift, they're getting two gifts. And so, yes, we're, we just we went all out this year. It's going to be great. But 
On a more serious note, it's bittersweet uh, because uh, this is Dan and Stacy Parks' very last Sunday with us right now. Uh, we love them so much. And um, they're going to be actually moving to Florida. They said they were going to go to America. I was like, okay, we, we love you. So anyway, they're going to Florida, and um, and that uh, was their plan this whole time. But they kind of got caught over here and, and found our church in the meantime. They've only been here since November, I think, or uh, around that time, fall, October. And they became a part of this family so quick that it seems like we've just had them in our lives forever but we love them dearly and they will always be a part of our family uh you know the miles aren't going to stop that and uh praise the lord what um you know they're telling us hey they're still going to come and visit us and and anytime that we go to florida we've got a place to stay am i right okay very good so start start planning that vacation right now people can you handle about 300 people at your house? Okay, all right, very good. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But we're going to lay hands on them this morning and bless them as uh, as they go this week on their drive and on their journey. Can we have Dan and Stacy come up with us this morning? Amen. Let's let's uh, just let them know how much we love them. Amen. Yeah. And we've just seen the Lord work in their lives. Yeah, come on. Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> they have just and it's incredible how much that they've just become uh part of this family they've they've become members they've served they've uh held the babies they've just done it all this whole time and so we know that this isn't this isn't our final goodbye to them we will we will be seeing them uh but we are going to miss them though we just love having them be a part of us. So we're going to lay hands on them this morning. If you could stretch your hands kind of this way and release your faith with us. Amen. You guys want to face us right here? Hallelujah. Father in Jesus name, Lord, we thank you for Dan and Stacy. And Lord, we have just, we've grown to love them in a very short amount of time. And, and they're a part of this family, Lord. And, and like we said, no matter what the miles are, that, that's not going to separate us or, or, or make this stop. Lord, we know that they're always going to be a part of this uh, church family, a part of our family. And Lord, we thank you for the work we've seen you do in their lives, Lord, in a short amount of time, the healings that have taken place and, and just the wonderful joy and, and anointing of God that's been upon them. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as they move into this next chapter, Lord, that your hand of blessing is upon them. Lord, you, you go before them and you follow up behind them. You are with them everywhere they go. Lead them to the right church in Florida, God, that they would be able to fit into and, and serve in and be a part of and, and, and uh, just, Lord, be used in. So lead them to the right church family, to the right house. Order their steps every bit of the way. And we thank you that your divine healing and health and, and prosperity is working in their lives every day of their life, Father, and we thank you that we will be seeing them again down here on earth, Lord, before we get to heaven with them, Lord. We love you and we praise you. Bless them and use them, Lord. Use them in a great way in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you guys. bunches and we know what it's like to move and to travel and all that so some family here wanted to bless you so they'll walk it back to your seat for you but we just wanted to say how much we love and appreciate all that you've done with us and for us we love you love you love you Amen. Let's give it a-
All right. We love them so much. Amen. Make sure you give them a hug today because there's no service tonight. And uh, we just love them. Thank you guys so much. Amen. Amen. Well, it's family around here. In case you couldn't tell that, we sure love you. You may be seated. Thank you for your honor for them. That was so kind. So kind. Well, there's a few things that I need to tell you about today. Of course, you know it's Father's Day, and all your fathers are going to eat really well. Yes? Hallelujah. Okay. Also, right after service, we've got a popsicle fundraiser for the youth trip. We've got a little bit more to raise, uh, but our teenagers are really excited for you. So there are a lot of popsicles for you dads on your way out. Uh, And in case you didn't know, Otter Pops, did you know they make them in giant size? I didn't know that till Saturday. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, also, there's no PM service tonight. We presume you're going to be hugging on a dad somewhere and blessing a dad. So that would be awesome. This Monday, tomorrow, is the memorial service, the celebration of life for John Sauceda. If you have signed up to bring a food item, you'll be getting a text message about that uh, as a reminder of what you signed up for. And then the food can actually be delivered to Victory Hall. Okay, there'll be some instructions in that text message as well. If you would like to help with the service or be a part of serving at that service, you just come early and we'll put you to work. You just let us know, okay? Um, that service starts at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So if you would like to come and celebrate his life with us and with the family, that would be a blessing also. Next Sunday is water baptism, the 26th. Yes. Hallelujah. So we'll be doing baptism Sunday morning and Sunday night, and you'll be getting a call this week uh, from Miss Heather Cruz to give you some instructions on what to bring and what time the class is and all that information. Um, But we also will be verifying with you if you are doing the Sunday morning baptism or Sunday PM baptism. So if you would make sure to make a decision on that, which one you're doing. And then membership class. You don't have to ask anymore. I'm going to give you a date. Are you ready? July 17th. Okay. (laughs) July 17th. Um, that's going to be a Sunday evening from four to seven. We'll have snacks for you. It'll be in victory hall. The sign-up sheet will be on the info booth on your way out of here today. So make sure if you would like to know more about what the church believes or get connected in serving, you want to make sure and sign up on your way out today. If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, wave at me. Wave at me. I think I don't have any. I, hi. Hi, friends. This is Miss Heather Cruz. She has some information about the church for you. And if you would take that card back to the info booth afterwards, she's got a gift for you. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome. All right. Very good. Well, um, we've started a Father's Day tradition at High Desert Word Center. This will be the third year. And uh, listen up, guys. It's, this is this. It's one of the most important things that any dad can do. All right. There's a lot of key components to being a dad. We know this. I mean, you gotta pretend like you're really good at grilling, even if you're not. And you know, your family needs to lie to you and tell you how great you are. And also, another awesome element of being a dad is being able to deliver the dad joke at just the right moment. Am I right? Amen. Come on, let's hear it. Yeah. So, um, I need all of my men that have a joke. Uh, you know who you are. You know who you are. I already talked to you. But if you are one of those dads that is prepared to deliver, 
when it counts the most, I need you to come on down. All right, look, the whole stage is, all right, these guys got this, all right? So I need my dads. You know which ones you are. Come on down. And let's hear it for the dads, guys. Come on, come on. Amen. Get in line, boys. Get in line. All right, so uh, now here in a few minutes, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have a two gifts for every dad, two gifts for every dad, uh, but... Uh, also, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so their gift to you today is the gift of laughter, the gift of dad joke. All right. And so, um, now this is not, this is not all the dads. This isn't the gifts just yet. This is just, uh, the guys that are going to be giving the joke. Okay. And so if you're one of the dads that has a, that you're one of the dads giving a joke. All right. And then I'm going to call all the dads up in just a minute. Okay. And there's going to be a lot of you. There's a whole lot of you. All right. So. Uh, let's see who's ready to deliver on some joke. Now, here's the rule. Here's the rule. Even if the joke isn't funny, because it's probably not going to be, all right? Even if it's not funny, you owe these men a laugh. You owe them some laughter. Give a courtesy laugh, even if you don't like it, all right? So, Jesse Garcia. Let's go. Okay, let me start it off here. If the early bird gets the worm... I'm sleeping in until there's pancakes. I've actually got three. What kind of cheese don't belong to you? Nacho cheese. All right, what did the magician say to the fisherman? Pick a cod, any cod. And what kind of food, what kind of food, <laughs> this is going to be really painful. What kind of food does a ghost eat? Booberry. I'm done. I used to really hate facial hair, and then it grew on me. If your house doesn't have any numbers on it, that's something you need to address. Okay, two guys walked into a bar. The third guy ducked. Okay, I have two jokes, actually. Uh, So, did you hear about the eye doctor who really loved jokes? Cornea, the better. Okay, okay. Okay, I got another one. Okay. How does Jesus brew tea? He brews it. He brews it. Man, these are awesome. I'm loving them. Okay. So, I just burned 2,000 calories. It was easy. I just fell asleep with a batch of cookies in the oven. Got another one. What kind of marathons do pastors run? A rev run. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one more. Why did the bike fall? It was too tired to stand. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> what did the drummer name his two kids? His two daughters, actually. Anna one. And a two. 
Okay, did you hear about the guy who was addicted to brake fluid? Good news is he could stop at any time. <laughs> did you hear about the headphones that became best friends? They were earbuds. It takes guts to be an organ donor. That was a good one. Pastor Dave, i got to apologize. I lost my paper. But I do have some medical advice. When you have a bladder infection, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Uh, how do you weigh a millennial in Instagrams? <laughs> and also... Uh, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow... There you go. <laughs> That's too soon. That's too soon. Yeah. Follow the fresh prince. Follow the fresh prince. <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so my wife sent me to the store to get six cans of Sprite. But when I came home, I realized I had got seven up. I'm hearing boos, I'm hearing groans, and then I heard some laughter, all right? So let's hear it for our dads this morning. They did a good job. They did a good job. All right. So stay up here, men. Stay up here. And so what we're going to do at this point, and they're not afraid to clap for themselves. I like that. I like confidence. Amen. All right. Uh, what I need now is for every single dad that is here, dad, grandpa, please come up. We want to honor you, and we've got some gifts for every single dad. Whether you're new, whether you've been here forever, I mean, we want you up here because we want to honor you today. Amen. Let's hear it for our dads as they come up today. Yeah. Yes, all right. Yeah, praise the Lord. We even got Tom coming. Yes. He's got some kids at this church. Amen. All right. This is a good turnout, man. This is wonderful. Look at all these dads. Well, what we're going to do... Uh, is we're going to go down the line here and we're just going to uh, ask you to say your name. And I know you're like, I didn't want to say my, just uh, if you could give us your name, how many kids you have, and then just a little brief history of your life. No, I'm joking. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, we just want to know who you are and uh, how many kids you got. And we got two gifts for you. And what the gifts are this year is we have got a multi-tool pin that we've bought. And also check this out. This is my own personal touch. Beef jerky for every dad. Come on, yeah. All right. So, um, praise God. Do you want to? All right. Pastor Katie will uh, do the honors, and then Julie and I will uh, pass out the gifts. Uh, my name is Thomas, the sound guy here at the church and everything. Okay. I have to tell you, his kids who are grown introduce themselves as, oh yeah, my dad's a sound guy. And my name is. Well, your dad's a sound guy too. And I got, I have three kids and eight grandchildren, I think. I'm Carl Smith, I have one daughter. One daughter, and she's wonderful. Glenn Greer, and I have three daughters, a set of twins in there, and then also five grandchildren. Dan Parks. 
I have two children, a daughter and a son, and I have two grandchildren. Hello, good morning. My name is Brian Martin, and I have three wonderful daughters. Yes, he does. That's awesome. I'm Michael. I have three kids, uh, seven grandsons, and one on the way. That's awesome. I didn't know that was that many. That's awesome. My name is Blake, and I have two kids. My name is Mario, and I have five kids. Jason, I have one kid, Haley. Very nice. Uh, my name is Raul. I have four kids, 12 grandkids. I got about seven church grandkids and about three other kids from the church. They just keep adopting. You know, they just keep adopting. And the thing at their house is popsicles. You know, but they don't call them popsicles. What are they called? Bullies. Thank you. Mike Jackson, two boys. Two boys. My name is Jesse, and I have three kids and future grandkids. And 30 youth students. Hi, my name is Dylan Pickles Johnson. I've got a son, a daughter, two stepsons, and nine grandchildren. Not to mention all those children's church kids. My name is Timothy Justice. I have three very handsome, Jesus-loving boys. Yes, he does. My name is Cletus. I have two kids. Unless we send you any more kids. He has two kids until my kids need Cletus. Uh, Walter, six kids. Hello, my name is Charles Ronald Coleman, Chuck for short. I have three children, beautiful daughter Adelina, and twin boys, Brody and Edge. My name is Jose. I have three beautiful children. My name is Chris. I got three amazing daughters and two wonderful grandsons. My name is Dave, and I have two wonderful daughters and three grandchildren. My name is Greg, and I have three amazing kids. My name is Lawrence. My father-in-law is a sound guy, and I got four awesome kids. Uh, James Browning Sr., I have three blessings, and my father is a sound guy. I'm Josh. I have uh, four boys, and a fifth boy will be here in September. I'm Dennis. I have five children and ten grandchildren. That sounded skeptical. Do you have more than 10? Okay. Not more than 10? The Kopis have a lot of kids, and they've raised them really well. I'm Chris as well, and I have two kids. Yes. I'm Frank, and I... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm Frank, and I have three kids, one, uh, one daughter and, and two sons, various grandchildren and a few great-grandchildren. And then I have three step stepchildren. And I have numerous grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Two dogs, some neighborhood kids, and whoever attaches to you at church, right? Chris, did I understand it's your birthday? Okay. Happy birthday, Chris. Okay. Bless him before you leave today, okay? Hi, my name is Talos, and I have six children. Yes, well done. Hi, and Daniel? 
Uh, I have the... Happy birthday, Chris. This is Earl Hinton, and I have two daughters and one son. Very good. I'm Robert. I got uh, four kids, three great grandkids, and uh, a bunch of other people that call me dad. <laughs> Lots of. That's Poppy. In case you don't know, that's Poppy. My name's Nick, and me and my beautiful wife have four kids. No grandkids. I'm Alex. I got six kids. Five boys and a girl, right? And a girl. And dads who didn't come, we love you, and we will make sure you get a gift before you sneak out the back. Oh, oh, and Pastor Dave's dad. I am a dad. Um, I'm Pastor Dave. I have four kids, six grandkids. No, no, a wife, a dog, and two rabbits. All right, there we go. Okay, so the children have some gifts. All the children's church kids made gifts for you dads. So even if you don't have a kid in children's church, don't leave yet because they still made something for you. They want to bless you. So. And then Nick. Nick, uh, come over here. Nick's got something that he wants to do real quick also. So I'm going to let Nick uh, share something. So for everybody who knows my father-in-law passed away, we lost an amazing person. Um, in honor of our father not being able to be here today, I would like to give my uh, wife and her sister uh, flowers in honor of him for Father's Day. So. All right, yes. We appreciate that. Amen. That's really, really beautiful. We appreciate that. And we realize that, hey, sometimes on Father's Day, you know, if your dad has, uh, is not here anymore, that can be, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a, a bittersweet type of day. But we're celebrating all the dads here today, those in heaven and those that are here still with us. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. We've got, uh, dads stay up here till the, the little guys want to give you a gift. Even if you don't have one of the little guys that are here, uh, at the church, uh, they still want to give you something. All right. Amen. Oh, here comes one for me. Yeah, he looked excited to give that to me. Thank you. All right. All right. Very good. Aren't we blessed to have godly men that are raising their families in the ways of God? Amen. That really is. Uh, I know we say that a lot, but it's a wonderful thing. And, and we are a family church. That's our whole mission and goal. And our, if you remember our theme verse this year, Joshua 24, 15 says, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And so that's exactly what we're talking about right here. Praise God. Very good. All right. Let's get them down here, guys. Let's spread some wealth down this way. <laughs> Come on down this way, guys. Oh, look at that. All right. Now, if you already got a gift from the little kids, you can be seated. If you already got a gift from the little guys, you can be seated. All right. Praise the Lord. Yes. Let's hear it for these guys. Oh, that, that is a gift. Amen. If you already got one of these gifts, you can be seated. If not, we want the kids to get you one, all right? 
All right, all right. All right. And so after the kids have passed out their gifts, uh, they can line up over here. Oh, thank you, Brian. They can line up over here uh, by the wall with Miss Desiree. They're going to be going up to their class now. They're going to be going up to their class now. So if they've already passed out their gift, they can go over to the wall, and then they're going to go up to their class. All right, kiddos. Thank you guys so much. That was really sweet of you. How blessed are we? Look at all these kids, man. What a blessing it is to see little ones in the house of the Lord. Amen. Learning about Jesus and and worshiping him. This is what we are all about, man. This is our entire uh, goal right here. So praise God for all these little ones. Amen. All right. Well, as they're going over there, uh, for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings today, I've asked one of our awesome dads, Mr. Chuck Coleman, to take up our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. Yes, sir. And so this is a man of God that is just a wonderful blessing to the church and everything else. So uh, if you need an envelope, raise your hand and they'll get you one. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And then Chuck's going to go ahead and do this. Amen. All right. You know, before they called the dads up for joke time, I went up there and I didn't have a joke. The joke was on me. But it's okay. It got me. All right. Tithing offerings. You know what? Um, if anybody needs an envelope, please raise your hand. And this wonderful, handsome lusher right here will hand you an envelope because we don't want to forget to give. And it doesn't hurt to write it down and mark it down. So... It's awesome to have that. You know, um, it's happy time. Can we believe that? It's happy time. You know, it's more blessed to give than to receive, and God loves a cheerful giver. I'm going to go into uh, just read a couple scriptures here. I like the fact that the pastors have mentioned that tithing predates the law because a lot of people have gotten stuck on the fact that that's not the law anymore. We're not under the law. So we're going to go to, you don't have to go there. I'm just going to read where we, our first, not even our first thing, but Abraham, Abraham gave a tenth of everything he had to Melchizedek, a priest of the most high God. You know what? I got this beef jerky a second ago and I go, and you know what? Abraham gave a tenth. I wonder if he would open this bag up and gave a tenth to Melchizedek. Here, have some jerky, buddy. Most high God. There we go. So that's where we get our tithe and our tenth. That's pretty much where it's beginning. Let's go to Mark chapter 12, 42, verse 44. We are now in a New Testament covenant. Tithing has not depleted. It's not there. Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law. We're talking about a widow's offering. I got a couple more scriptures after this to bring it to a, a head, a conclusion. And he sat down opposite the treasury, he meaning Jesus, 
And watch the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he, Jesus, he called his disciples to him and said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This widow, she probably understood the law of tithing and giving of offering. And when she became a widow, she may probably learn that from her husband, who knows, most likely. She knew that when she gave to God, God will repay. God will bless God will open the floodgates of heaven. God will open the doors. So she, by faith, gave everything she had. Now people say, man, we're in the new covenant. Okay, if we're in the new covenant, let's look at this. Everything you have, if we look at the scripture, belongs to the Lord. Right? Let's take it another step further. The tithing of the law is a basic foundation of where we're supposed to begin and start our giving. That's just the foundation to keep everybody in line, everybody in check. We're keeping the doors open, serving the Lord. We're being faithful. We're being obedient. We are showing our love to God. This next scripture really fast here for John 3.16. I don't know if anybody knows this or not. Let's go ahead and say this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved, he gave. When we so love, we give. We don't have to have our arms twisted. We don't have to have our ears chewed out to tithe, to give. Because Jesus gave himself for us. When I first got saved, back in February of 1988, the love of God was shed abroad deeply in my heart. And that love opened me up to a whole other realm of possibilities because I was walking in earthly kind of love, but the love of God changed my absolute life. When it came to tithing and offering, I heard it from the pastor. I heard it from someone up like me speaking. I didn't hesitate to give a tithe. My check was $360. This time I remember very clearly. It was $360, but I gave my tithe, but you know what? I love God so much, I rounded it up to 40 bucks. Okay? I love God so much, I stuck with my tithe and I rounded it up to 40 bucks. Four dollars. You know what? Back then, okay, with inflation and all this stuff, Josh could probably do the math and figure out how much what that was. Who knows? But still, it was the obedience issue that I was working with and being obedient to the Lord. So remember, God tithing predates the law. God establishes tithe as a principle to live by as a foundation or starting point of our faithfulness and obedience to God. God so loved, he gave. How much more should we give because we love him? We're not trying to twist anybody's arm or trying to have you give out a compulsion and because we want to fatten up the pastors or we want to 
they want to drive lavish cars. I've watched our pastors, all of them. They sacrifice, they give, they love. And it's not about the money. It's about the love of the, the family of you guys, the church. We want to see this family grow in the ministry of Jesus Christ. So I am on limited time. I just did a little bit of notes there because we have an awesome praise and worship service happening. So everybody, let's stand up. We have a financial faith confession to say. And I'm going to say it. I haven't said it in a long time. And after that, please bring your um, tithes, your offerings. Pretty much alms belong out in the streets to those who need it, to the uh, altar. And most of all, if we love God and we love Jesus, and like we say we do, like we tell our friends and our family, please stay up at the altar and offer yourself as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Say, I love you, Lord. This is I'm going to worship you today because you are my Father in heaven that I'm going to glorify you. So let's do this. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and return, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family and promote the gospel of God and promote the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, the tongue gets tied up here. Okay, join us up here at the altar, and we're going to give him thanks and praise on a day. We're going to thank God for all he's done. Hallelujah. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul This bag of bones I tried with all my might But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond Just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my
not even death. But not even death itself could hold you down. Before you rose to life, such an awesome God, so praises this morning, Lord. We're worshiping you. We're giving you everything we've got, Lord. You are worthy of our praise, Father. There is nobody like you. There's no one else that we'd sing to like that, Lord. We love you and we praise your name and we thank you for your faithfulness. You are a good father to us. You're the best, Lord, and we love you. Hallelujah. I was reading Psalm 34 right there, one of my favorite chapters, and David said, I will praise the Lord at all times. And right next to that in my Bible, I wrote even tough times. You know, sometimes it's a little bit easy when you ever, you got everything, you, everything's just coming together and, and life's exactly how you had hoped it would be. It's pretty easy right then to say, Oh man, thank you, Lord. You're good. And, 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 and to praise him and sing as loud as you can. But sometimes it takes a little bit more faith little more sacrifice to praise him even during the tough times and david said i will praise the lord at all times even if it's not exactly how i want it to be right now and so that's a word for us this morning david said i I will constantly speak his praises then later on in the chapter he said the lord hears his people when they call to him for help he rescues them from all their troubles 
And if you're like, man, I need that right now, man, he hears his people when they call to him for help. You got to call out to him, you know. Uh, it tells us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10:13. And here's the thing: you got to call out. You got to do your part right there. God's faithful to save you. God's faithful to make things work out. He's faithful to bring a breakthrough even in the midnight hour. But you got to open up your mouth and call out to the Lord. Amen. You got to sing his praises even when you don't feel like it right now but i can tell you this much the lord is good he is faithful he does hear our cries when we call out to him for help and then one of my favorite things is this verse 18 he says the lord is close to the brokenhearted he rescues those whose spirits are crushed the righteous person may face many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue every single time. And so I'm telling you today, man, the Lord comes to the rescue every single time. So I encourage you, praise the Lord today. Let's give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good. You are faithful. And we will praise you, Lord, no matter what we're going through right now. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. Amen. Well, I'll let you make your way to your seats this morning. Praise the Lord. Excellent job. Excellent time of worship we had here. Thank you, Jesus. It is really good to be in the house of the Lord. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's great to, you know, watch it online if you have to or uh uh, you know, sing at home and read at home. You need to be doing those things for sure. But it is, there's just no comparison to being with the people of God, man. You need to be with your brothers and sisters. You need to be with the family. There is a strength when we come together. And I absolutely love it so much. So praise God. Well, today, uh, obviously, if you hadn't caught on yet, it's a day called Father's Day. And so, yeah, all right. So we're going to be talking about about this for a few minutes here. Before we get into the message, if you need an outline, we hand those out at the door. If you didn't get a, a sermon outline to follow along with, uh, the ushers will get you one if you just raise your hand real quick. And that kind of helps you to keep track of where we're at and uh, follow along and take some notes. And you can go home and, and read on that a little bit more. And uh, we're getting ready to get into the Word here, but I, I saw something interesting this week I thought I'd share with you before we get into it, because, I mean, hey, let's just get real. There's a lot of confusion going on in this world right now. I'm not going to, you know, tackle that topic. I don't have time for that. But uh, what I've got here is, you know, uh, for the men, this is five signs that you are indeed a man. All right. And you're like, well, hey, I don't want, well, I don't know. And so ladies, maybe you could, uh, you could, you could agree or you could, I don't know, but here's five signs that you are indeed a man. Number one, you grunt and point at things under your car's hood, even when you don't know what they are. <laughs> you know, hey, I, you know, I have no idea what I'm looking at, but I got to act like I do. So praise God. Uh, uh, number two, you cannot find the milk in the refrigerator. Thank you. Yeah. I was trying to find jelly this morning in the refrigerator. It couldn't, it was nowhere to be found until my wife showed up. So, uh, praise God. Uh, and also I would add in that you cannot find the remote. That seems to be something that constantly gets lost in my house. Number three, uh, I used to fit into this category. I, I can't so much anymore, but I know some of you men definitely can do this. Number three, you are able to think about nothing. 
Yeah, I enjoyed that period of my life up until my mid-20s, and then I started having kids, and I don't, you know, there just used to be moments where I could just sit there and, like, stare at a wall and literally just blank out. And my wife would come up and be like, hey, honey, what are you thinking about? Nothing. Uh. No, seriously, what are you thinking about? I'm literally thinking about nothing, and I was really enjoying it. But anyway, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we're able to think about nothing. Uh, number four, you refer to sports teams as we. You are not on the team, and there's a reason, all right? It's not we. It's them, all right? And then uh, here we go. Number five, men, this is, this is for you. You can navigate nearly any road in America, but not a shopping mall. But not a shopping mall. So there you go. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can't find your way around Macy's, but you could, you know, go to the middle of North Dakota and make your way around. So praise the Lord. All right. Well, you should have got a sermon outline by now, and you should be able to follow along with where we're at. But um, go ahead and put that up there, Maylie. The title today is this, is What Do Our Kids Need? This is specifically... Two dads, but again, this, moms apply this to your life also. I'm specifically speaking to the men, but again, I want this to apply to everybody. And if you're like, well, I don't have little kids. All right. So what, what do our families need? Uh, so this, again, this applies to everybody in here. If you're related to somebody, then this is talking to you. I am specifically speaking to the men though this morning because it is Father's Day. And so the question is, what do our families need? And, uh, you know, it, it's incredible. You guys kind of ruined my sermon, one of my sermon illustrations this morning. But here's a fact, all right? Uh, one of the top three most ad- highest attended church services for churches all across America, all right? I mean, I, I'm a nerd. I read these type of things because, like, well, I've got, you know, you're like, it's just what I do, okay? So, but the top three most attended church services in the United States for the average church every year is Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day, all right? Mother's Day always solidly grabs that number three spot. And if you want to look at the most lowest attended church services every year, it's usually uh, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day, and Father's Day is always in that top three or four lowest attended church services. And I'm like, that is so sad. And I, you know, I was going to prove it today. Then like tons of you showed up. So good for you. Good for you. Right? We broke it. <laughs> we broke the curse. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but but it, it, it's true. And so it's very important that we do recognize this fact. And I'm not just you know blowing smoke here or making stuff up, but. Uh, we need to be grateful that that we've got godly men that are bringing their wives and kids to church that uh, you know that that they are here they're desiring to learn about God and hey we know that we're not perfect right we know that none of us men are perfect and and I'm sure it'd be easy to find some of our faults but I can tell you this much ladies and children and anybody else listening is that let's take a minute and actually be grateful that yeah he may not be perfect but at least he's trying at least he cares enough at least he's seeking after the Lord because that is your your husband your man would be in the minority of men in this world and in this nation. And so that's a really big thing. And, you know, I know we got lots of, uh, you know, single ladies too, man. Be praying that the Lord will send you a godly man, if, if you want to get married. You know, a godly man that would uh, that would put Jesus first and then lay the foundation for your household after that. And these men do exist. They do exist, right? You're like, they're unicorns. They aren't even real anymore. No, they exist. They are here. But uh, you, you just got to you gotta do things God's way. Amen? All right, and so let's talk about this today. We're going to talk about three things 
that our families, our kids, our families need from us. And the first thing I'm going to say is this. Number one, they need our love. Our families, they need our love. And for a lot of men, it's difficult to express our love. Uh, for one, some of us aren't very good with words. Now you may think like, yeah, well, you, you get, you know, that's your full-time job is to preach and, and speak in front of people. And, and I, I, I pull it off up here, but you can ask my wife. I'm not very good with words, uh, you know, sometimes at home. And, and, and it's difficult for some men. Now partially, it's not all our fault. God did create us to be a little more rough and, and, and tumble around the edges. Uh, which is good for a lot of aspects of life. You know, we, we do need the roughness and the toughness, but we do need to recognize, men, that it can be uh, damaging and hurtful to our wives and our kids if we never express our love to them. I was talking to one couple that came in for counseling, and, and she's like, she he never says that he loves me. And, and, and what does he say? He's like, man, I, we got married 18 years ago. I said that day, I love you. That's not good enough for you. That's kind of a joke, but I've seen stuff like that. So anyway, but but it's the it's going to take more than just on your wedding day and once a year on your anniversary. We can do a little bit better than that, man. And so what I'm going to show you is Ephesians chapter five. Can we go to Ephesians five this morning? Amen. We love the Word of God at High Desert. What 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 Word Center? That's what we are all about, friends. Is about the Word of God. So Ephesians chapter five. And this is uh, five and six, great teaching for the family, telling kids to honor their mother and father and obey their parents and the Lord and, and all that stuff's really good. But Ephesians 5 and verse 25, here's some instructions to the husbands, all right? So Paul gives instructions to the wives, and here's some instruction for the husbands. Ephesians 5, 25, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. He gave up his life. And so, husbands, it tells us that we need to show our wives that we love them. Now, if you've ever done premarital counseling with Pastor Katie and I, or just marriage counseling with us, which, you know, lots of people have, one of the things that I'm going to always point out here is out of Ephesians 5, it tells the husbands, love your wives, because she needs to feel loved, and sometimes we're not so good at displaying that or showing that. And then later on in the chapter, is, in fact, it's the very last verse, I believe, of the whole chapter, he says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And so what, so often, so often when we're trying to help a couple out here, what we see is she's like, well, I don't feel loved. And he's like, well, I don't feel respected. And then she says, well, I'd respect you if you loved me. And then, and then it goes the other way. Well, I would love you if you would show a little respect. And then we've got this whole circle and then, you know, I'm like, okay, let's just look at the Bible here, okay? And so it turns out the Bible had it right this whole time. If the wife feels loved, she's much more inclined to show some respect. And if the husband feels respected, he's much more inclined to show that he loves her. And you're like, well, that's just because he, he's an egotistic maniac. But No, hold on, hold on. God gave men a healthy dose, a healthy dose, not, a, not a, an overdose, a healthy dose of ego. And you're like, I don't believe that. No, listen, way back in the book of Genesis, God created 
man, right, Adam? And, and he gave him a healthy dose of ego. Now, some men have too much and they think, you know, you will listen to me. And, and, and that's not good. We've seen that. But also, you don't want a man that has no ego at all. That man will sit on the couch playing video games in his underwear eating Doritos and never stand up for you. Some of you apparently know this guy. I, I mean, I'm not... He's out there. He's out there. No one in here. That's nobody in here. But listen, you don't, ladies, you don't want a man that has no ego and and has nothing at all. And so God placed within the man a healthy dose. And so if the man feels disrespected, yeah, he's going to be a, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to show, I'm not going to show her nothing. And so what we have here is God's instructions for the Christian marriage. So husbands, love your wives, wives, respect your husbands. And when we do this, this will put things in a good balance. And of course, there's always other things that we need to work on for sure, but it's something we need to do. Now, uh, I'm not a very affectionate person by nature, okay? Now, I give lots of you hugs, and that's because I have forced myself to become affectionate. That is not my natural thing. But I realized this also, that I need to be able to show my family love. And so I identify that. I'm like, hey, I'm not good in that area. I'm willing to work on it. I'm not willing to say, you know, get over it, wife and kids. Just get over it. That's not who I am. No, we need to be able to work on some things. And so I'm willing to, you know, put extra effort into that because they need to know that they're loved. Now, God is obviously the ultimate example of what a father should be. Who knows that? That, man, if your dad could be like God, come on, you are in good shape. Now, he's the ultimate father. Uh, no dad on this earth is ever going to match up to that. We, we get that. But we have a wonderful example of what we can aim for as men. And so what I want to show you here is in the book of Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. And uh, we, we, we need to remember that Jesus on this earth, he was, he was all God. He, he had the blood of God flowing through those veins, the sinless, spotless, perfect blood of God flowing through those veins. But he came into this earth so he could realize and, and, and identify with what it's like to be one of us. So he was all God. And he also was human, all man down here also. And so I find it very interesting when I find portions of Scripture where you can see that uh, the, the humanity side of Jesus, the human side of things. And, and so we're super familiar with the miracles and the, and the cross. And, of course, that is key to everything that we are. But here we have a big moment in Jesus' life, and this is his baptism. That's a big moment. And you're like, yeah, well, he was Jesus. Well, come on, man. Baptism's big for everybody. And so this is Jesus getting baptized. And we have a very interesting thing right here. We have a moment when God the Father, his his dad, his father, publicly uh, affirms and and brags on and says something about his son. And this is one of the very few times in all of Scripture where the booming, audible voice of God bellows out of heaven and everybody hears it. Now, you see sometimes where God speaks to Moses or someone and he hears it. 
or, you know, Noah and he hears it or even Paul and he, you know, he saw Jesus on, but this moment, the voice of God comes out of heaven and everybody there hears the audible voice of God. And so Matthew chapter three, verses 16 and 17. So, uh, Jesus has just been baptized. It says this. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. I mean, imagine this moment. Now look at this verse 17 and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. I mean, this is a moment that I would have loved to have seen. Basically, in modern terms, God is watching this and he's so excited for his son that he's like, that's my boy down there. Yeah, Jesus. And he's excited. That's my boy. And I love to see a dad, a father, getting excited about his kids. And think about, I mean, Jesus, it's not like he needed an ego boost. It's not like he was just feeling down on himself that day. But God the Father, who is our example, was there at a big moment in his boy's life. And he couldn't help but say, that's my boy. I'm proud of him. And so, dads, if Jesus, Father took the time to publicly encourage him and say something, we as dads, if Jesus needed that, I'll bet that our kids could use a little bit of that too. And there's nothing worse that we can do than to publicly put down and humiliate and make our wives and our kids the butt of the joke. I don't, I'm just, I I don't do that. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to put my wife down. All right. I don't want to do it ever, but especially in front of people, that's awful. That's, that's terrible. Then you wonder why she don't want to be around you and why, you know, you got marriage trouble. Again, you're always putting her down. Come on, man. I don't even want to do your counseling on that one. Figure it out, man. Or your kids putting down on the front. Hey, here comes stupid. (laughs) You know, dumb stuff like, why would you do that, man? Why would you do that? I want my kids to come to me, not say they've got a problem in life when they're older. Oh, man, no. The last person I want to talk to is him. Why would I open up that door? And so Jesus right here, his dad in front of everybody says, that's my boy and I am proud of him. Now, one thing that you're going to have to realize as a Christian is... Anytime that we hear from God, maybe you're hearing from God today. Anytime we hear something from God, Satan is going to show up and try to get you to doubt that you actually heard the voice of God. And so this is incredible. Look at the very next chapter, chapter four. And so what we have here is Jesus was baptized And then we have what's called the temptation of Jesus, where he's out in the wilderness for 40 days with no food. And so uh, look at this. Here we go. Chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus, after his baptism, was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Do you think you, after 40 days, you'd probably be a mite hungry yourself? I would agree. And so look at this, though. Verse three. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And we know that two other times after this, he tries to tempt Jesus to do something. But check it out. I don't want you to overlook this fact. The very previous thing we just read was God saying, this is my son. 
Then what is the very next thing you read? The devil shows up. Hey, if you actually are the son of God, <laughs> turn these stones into bread. You could do it if you really are his son. What happens? Satan is trying to get Jesus Christ himself to doubt who he is, who his father says he is, and to twist his own identity and get him to do something that would absolutely destroy his body. If you've gone 40 days without food and then you eat a solid loaf of bread, do you know what that would do to your inside? You can't just eat something like that. You've got to work your way back into food. He was trying to absolutely stop Jesus from ever reaching the moment that he could go to the cross. And so if he's trying to get Jesus to doubt who his father says he is, all those lies he's planting in your mind, you're stupid. You couldn't do it. Why even try? Why even apply? Don't even go there. That's the devil lying to you because your father is saying, no, you can do this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. God says one thing, then the devil shows up and says another. And what did Jesus say? He's three times. I mean, I don't have time to preach on it, but he said, it is written. He answered the devil with scripture three times. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when Satan comes knocking with a bunch of doubt and, and whatever lies, you answer with the word of God. Do you get that today? And so if Jesus needed to see, hey, the dad, my dad loves me, I'm telling us earthly dads and moms and parents right now, your family needs to know that you love them. And you can't just say, oh, they ought to know. I work a job. I'm out there busting my behind in the desert sun 40 hours a week. Well, come on. That's good. That is, you should do that. That's wonderful. But we could also go a little extra mile and show them that we love them. Amen. Thank you for your holy silence. All right. Number two, let's go. Number two, what do our families need from us? Number one, our love. Number two, our time. Our families, they need our time. I heard this story about a little kid. He came up to his dad and said, Hey dad, how much money do you make an hour? This was several years ago, but uh, he's like, why are you asking? He's like, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, how much money do you make an hour? And the dad's like, you know what? That's selfish. Why do you want to know? He's like, well, I want to know if I can borrow $10. Uh, and the dad's like, well, if you must know, I make $20 an hour. But guess what? No, that's selfish. I knew you just wanted something. Go up to your room. Get out of here. And he sends his kid to his room. And after a while, the dad feels bad. And he's like, I probably shouldn't have been that hard. So he goes up there and he's like, all right, you know what? I'm sorry. Here's the $10, you know, go get your toy or whatever. And the kid, he reaches under his pillow and grabs out a bunch of crumpled up $1 bills and some quarters. And he's like, oh, good, here we go. Your 10, and here's another 10. Uh, I'm going to give you $20. Could I buy one hour of your time, Dad? And the dad's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, he just <laughs> he just wanted a little time with me. And I'm thinking, oh, hey, sometimes I'm a busy man, just like a lot of you guys are. My kids, I come home. They want to play cowboys. <laughs> I came home from a meeting on Thursday night. I was tired, and two of them are wearing cowboy hats and cowboy boots. And so I'm like, let's rock and roll, boys. You know what to do. Come on. Yeah, and so we played cowboys, and and, and I, I realized, man, that more than anything, I, I have found out they do want my money. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> so they do want that. No doubt about it but uh they also more than anything they want our time and so 
listen, we need to make that time available. We could put the phone down, couldn't we? We could turn spew tube off, couldn't we? We could do something for a minute. We could make time available for our kids. Play basketball, man. Do it, you know, whatever it is. But make the time because also, like, all right, I'm just going to, here's a transparent moment. Oh, my gosh, here I go. I, so last night I'm sitting at home and, and my two older boys had gone off to, you know, do an event somewhere and, and, you know, my daughter's out doing her thing and, and little fella's out, you know, uh, he was, well, they were making a fort in the backyard, which by the way, we're going to clean up after church. So, uh, but all the kids are there and I'm sitting there on the couch, like pastor Katie and I are I'm like, Hey, I kind of wish they were here right now. I'm missing the kids. They're too cool for us. And and the boys, they just wanted to go out with their friends and everything. But it's starting to make me realize, like, all that time that we're thinking, man, I, I, I don't have time right now. I just want to sit down. Apparently, some of you already know this, that there does come a point in time when you'll be desperate for those days that they wanted a little time with you and you will regret with everything in you that you were sitting there scrolling on Facebook instead of paying attention to your kids. That's going to stink. And so I'm just reminding us uh, of some of this today. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I see some misty eyes. Come on, men. We can do this. Malachi chapter four. Let's get over there. Come on. Whoa. What? Someone turn the water on in here. Wow. Malachi four. Malachi chapter 4, but it is so important that we get this. Our kids need our time. Malachi, so you're in the book of Matthew. You're going to flip one book to the left. It's the very last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4, and uh, this is, uh, man, what a verse. It says this, New King James, New King James. It says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Then it says, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. But, but what, what, what he's talking about is the coming king, the coming one who is going to rescue his people. And one of the wonderful elements, one of the wonderful things that God can do, and we need this in this nation real bad. It says, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And what a beautiful thing when dads have a heart for their kids. And then the kids have a heart for their fathers. This is something that God wants to do. And it's something that he will do. But it's so important that we've got men like I'm looking at today that are loving Jesus, and they're raising their kids that way too. And that's why this church, High Desert Word Center, we are a family church, and we don't apologize for it. That's our focus. That's our target. And praise God, we want anybody and everybody, but we want to fix your marriage. We want to help you parenting. We want to we want to show your kids how to be raised up the right way. We are a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And that is our passion, and that is our calling in life, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Can we get an amen today? Amen. amen. And so, I mean, I, I really, I am very fortunate that I did grow up with a really good dad. 
and you guys, most of you know my dad, uh, but uh, I am blessed, and I don't deny that fact, and it hurts my heart that not everybody had that, but my dad always is trying to invest his time into me, even to this day, and and and, he, and, and, and show me how to fix things and, and how to do things, but I was remembering the other night how uh, one time when I was probably about 12 years old, uh, my brother Josh over here, he had broke the, the riding lawnmower, okay, and if you're from Barstone, you don't know what that is, there's lawnmower you can sit on and 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 that mows the grass it's incredible and so uh but we had we lived out in the in the country and and so you know leave it up to, you know anyway so he 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 breaks this one <laughs> hey if you were here sunday night you, you don't feel sorry for him he totally clowned me at the sunday night service last week so this is a two-way street people all right so, all right, you watch the podcast. But anyway, so it breaks down. And I remember, you know, I just I just wanted to be with my dad. And so it was getting late at night. The mosquitoes are out. It's summertime and there's bugs and it's just humid and hot and nasty. But I remember my dad taking me into town and, uh, and, and you know, buying what we need to fix it. We were out there down by the corner of the woods well into the night. And he's teaching me, you know, you do this over here. You hold it this way and you do that. And, and I didn't grow up to be a mechanic, but I did. I did grow up to know this much. Man, that was an awesome memory that my dad was trying to teach me stuff that he cared enough, uh, you know, to spend that time and that investment into me. And so dads, no time with our kids is wasted time. Never see it as an inconvenience or a waste of time. I, I, I read this story. Um, Charles Francis Adams, if you haven't heard of him, was a 19th century politician and diplomat. He was actually the son of President John Quincy Adams and the grandson of President John Adams. So he comes from a pretty royal stock, you know, in the United States, a very famous family. But him and he had a son named Brooke that they both uh, kept journals. And and so uh, one day... Uh, you know, the historians, they look at uh, this certain date in his son's journal, and it says, went fishing with my dad today, the most wonderful day of my entire life. And so it's like, oh, man, that's touching. And so they, they found the dad's journal for that same day, looked at the same date, and it says, had to take my son fishing today. What a wasted day. And so we're like, wow, I... What you may see as, like, oh, I could be doing this, I could be doing that, uh, I, I could be over here doing that. Your kid sees, like, oh, man, this is the best day of my life. My dad is going to spend some time with me. He's telling everybody else no, and he's telling me, yes, this is the best day of my life. How is it that we view this quality time? But I'm telling you right now, I don't want to live with regrets. I don't want to look back and say, man, I saved everybody else's family in Barstow, but I lost my own. I don't want to live with that. I want to save everybody else's family, and I want to save my family. And I was, you know, somebody would look at the life of Noah and think like, man, well, there's a failure of a preacher. He preached for like a hundred years and didn't have one person convert. Not one person. Think about that. He's building this boat and preaching for like a hundred years, and not a single other person gets on it except for his own family. Well, guess what? If I preach for a hundred years and no one else listens, but I save my own family and they listen and they get on the boat, I'm not a failure. And guess what? Same thing for you, man. If nothing else, if your family gets on the boat with you and you get them to believe, you are a successful man. Can I get an amen today? Amen. And so... 
I just remind us to stop and think of the magnitude and the responsibility that it is that God trusted you, Dad, to shape the future of another person's life. Big responsibility, but how incredible, Dad or Mom, that God trusted you and said, you know what, I'm going to give her this little girl. I'm going to give him this son and, and I trust him to raise them up the right way and show them how to really be a man. Well, I don't want to screw this thing up. So I'm, Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm learning every single day, but I am trying really hard to be a good dad and husband. And I know so many of you guys are too. And the third thing I'm going to say is this, what do our families need? Number one, they need our love. Number two, they need our time. Number three, they need a godly example. They need a godly example. And uh, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter five and verse one. Can we do that? Ephesians five and verse one. Are we learning anything today? Trying to speak to uh, all of us, but I, I want us to get this. Our, our kids, our families, they need a godly example in front of them because I don't know if you realize this, there's a lot of people trying to influence your children right now. Catch on to that? <laughs> they are trying to influence your kids. And so your kids have no shortage of examples in this life of how to be, you know, what they're going to be when they grow up. There, there's, if you don't want to be their example, there's 10,000 other sources that would just love to come in and do that job. And some of them don't have good intentions. Some of them want to warp their minds and their thinking and absolutely uh, change who they are and who uh, God put uh, in your life there. And so I take this responsibility seriously. Ephesians 5 verse 1, New King James says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. As dear children. Some translations say, uh, you know, be an imitator of God. Pattern your life after God's like children do after their fathers. And so one thing that you've got to realize is this, is that your kids are watching and listening nonstop. Have you caught on to that? They'll bring something up like, hey, whoa, wait a minute, where'd you hear that? I was listening the other night. Oh, whoa, hey. And so they're watching and they're listening and they try to imitate you and copy you and pattern themselves after you nonstop. Now I heard somebody say, children have never been good at listening to their parents, but they have never failed to imitate them. I mean, we think, like, man, kids these days, they just don't listen. That's what they were saying back, you know, at Little House on the Prairie. Shut up. Kids have always, always been, didn't want to listen to their parents, okay? But they have never failed to imitate them. And one thing that's just, I mean, I see time and time again is somebody that really did not like their dad. They have, they've got dad issues. They didn't like their dad. They didn't want to be anything like him. They badmouth him even as they're an adult. Then what do they do? They grow up to be just like him. Imitate him. Now, some of that's funny. You know, we think of little things, you know, that our dad did and now we do. And, you know, I'll never do that. And and now you do it. I mean, you wear tube socks with sandals. I mean, come on. You took your... Seriously. Anyway, so... (laughs) But you do, you know, things that you said you would never do. It can be funny, 
And then sometimes it can be toxic. It can be like, whoa, you're repeating the same pattern that you said you never wanted to be like. And so, you know, I don't even have to go through all this, but one of the biggest issues in our nation is absent dads. And again, that's why I keep laying on the compliments thick to this crowd this morning, because we've got some really, really good men in our midst. They may be a mechanic, they may be a, you know, a, a restaurant worker, they may be a welder, they may, you know, be a soldier. We've got lots of different men in here from all different walks of life, but wow, how awesome that they are there for their kids, that they are here today, that they are here with you. And, and, and so one of the biggest issues that our society does have is absent dads. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 90%. That's from the U.S. Bureau of the Census. 71% of high school dropouts, 71% come from fatherless homes. Your chances of finishing and completing high school are astronomically higher simply if your dad is at the home and there. 85% of all incarcerated people, 85% are from fatherless homes. That's insane. And what we have here now at this point in time, according to the latest statistics, is uh, it used to be uh, one out of every four uh, children in the United States doesn't have dad present. As of 2020, I believe, it's one out of every three and so that's a, that's, that's a pandemic right there. That's terrible. And so what are we doing? We're saying, dads, come on. It's not about being perfect, but be there and, 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 and be involved. And you're like, this is so hard. I get it. It's harder than what we thought it was going to be. I get it. But you're at the right church because our entire goal is to help you out to be a good dad, to be a good mom. Amen. That's everything that we are. And so as we work on some of these things, praise God, your kids are going to grow up and have it better than you ever had. It. Amen. And they're going to, they're going to be awesome dads and moms, but it is so important. And the last thing I want to show you is this Joshua 24 and verse 15. Have you ever heard this verse before? You've heard it because it's the high desert word center 2022 theme verse. Yeah. Amen. And if you've got one of our incredible calendars, oh my gosh, wow. If you've never seen a High Desert Word Center calendar, okay, it's stock footage that we get from a company that mass prints calendars with our logo on it. It It's beautiful, all right? (laughs) It's awesome. I mean, wow. Just some of the most, but anyway, we've got every year in January, actually December, we hand out a new calendar for the coming year with what will be the theme verse of the church for that coming year. And so this year, our theme verse is Joshua 24, 15. And I love it. I go to, sometimes I go to businesses around town and I see our calendar. And I'm like, yeah, all right, come on. But Joshua 24, we're going to look at verse 15. And what we have here is Joshua is an older man. And he's done his job. He is getting ready to ride off into the sunset, basically. And, and, and he has done a good job. And we've got the new generation of Israel, uh, coming up here. And, and people are like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, that was kind of dad's thing to go to church. That was kind of, you know, that was my parents' thing. They were always into the, you know, the religion and the faith and all that. And, 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 and they're starting to see some of that attitude. And so I love what Joshua says here, uh, because 
men, you need to know this. And it, this isn't outdated. This isn't, you know, whatever word you want to call it. But it's the truth. God placed you to be the head of your house, the head of your home, if you're a married man. And and it, it's up to you to lead by example. And so Joshua 24, 15, Joshua says, all right, you young whippersnappers, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, and that's the land they were in there, in whose land you dwell now. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Yeah. He made up his mind. He's like, you all do what you're going to do. I, I can't control your house. That's, that's on you. But as for me and my house, we have made up our mind and we choose the Lord. And I'm telling you today, dad and mom, if you're the one in charge of that house, listen to me. Take this seriously. And you're like, well, everyone else is doing that. It doesn't matter what they're doing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And you are giving your kids the very best gift that you could possibly give them just by making that choice. And I could go on and on and on. There's statistics I love, but one that I'm just going to randomly share as we close out. So Josh, you can come on up. But um, a Harvard uh, researcher, and a lot of you have heard this, but a lot of you haven't, so bear with me. But uh, we had always heard this statistic that, well, the divorce rate amongst Christians and amongst the church is just as high as it is amongst the rest of the world. It's so sad. Christians don't have it any better off marriage-wise than anybody else does. And I heard that, and I believed that, and I even said that in sermons like, yeah, it's bad, guys. I mean, you know, and, and, and if we're just as bad off as everybody else, I mean, that stinks, right? We should have an upper hand advantage because of the favor of God in our lives. Well, this Harvard research professor did years and years and years study. And we know that the national divorce rate is above 50% at this point in time. Well, what she found out is this, that amongst married couples that actually go to church, okay, not just ones that say, well... I guess we're Christians. We celebrate Christmas and Easter. I mean, I'm not a Hindu. I'm not a Muslim. I must be a Christian. No, that, that, that doesn't make you a Christian just because, you know, that's the only box left on your list there. No. I'm talking about married couples that actually weekly attend church together. Their divorce rate drops below 10%. That is insane. If you know anything about statistics, to see an over 40% drop, that's insanity. That is unreal how big that is. And so my encouragement as I close out for dads, moms, people is this, is that, hey, if you're going to do what Joshua 24, 15 says, and yeah, we're going to serve the Lord, whether anybody else does or not, listen, you have a wonderful, wonderful chance of succeeding, raising those kids right. And even if you didn't come, if you didn't come from a good family, a good family can come from you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and give the Lord some praise today. Amen. You can stand up with me. Perhaps I went a little longer than I should have. I don't know, but Hey, that was pretty fun. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and I'm going to have my prayer team come on up today. Amen. And, and if you're here and you do need prayer, for anything we want to pray for you but the biggest thing that we could offer you is this is that 
We, we need to have a right relationship with Jesus because nothing else is going to work until then. You may be thinking, well, I'm trying and I'm trying this and I'm trying that and I'm trying to read this book and I'm trying and you're trying and you're trying. But the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, you're working in vain. It is not going to work out without the Lord, without Jesus. He's got to be that foundation. And so what I'm, what I'm saying right now is this, is that if you're here and, and maybe you've just never really uh, had a relationship with Jesus. Well, let's get that fixed right now. There's no need to keep going on that way. But maybe you're here and at one point you did, but you kind of just wandered off or something. And we know that that he didn't leave you, but let's get real. Sometimes we've left him. Well, he's not here mad and saying, oh, I'll get you. I was waiting for you to come into that place. No, he's saying, hey, I've been waiting on this moment. I want you to come home to me right now. He's not here to judge you. He's here to love you. And so what I'm going to do is this, is I'm going to uh, ask, if you need prayer, come on up. But if you are here and you are not certain of your relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to come up to one of them. Let us pray with you, man. We're not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to ask you to give a speech or something silly. We just want to pray with you. And we want to help you get started on the right track with Jesus or maybe get back on the right track with Jesus. But it is important that you're bold enough to come because he was bold enough to go to a cross and take some nails for you. You need to be bold enough to come up and get some prayer from somebody in front of a very friendly and loving environment. Amen. And so you can at least do that if you need it. Amen. All right, Josh, lead us in some worship. If you need prayer, let's go. And nothing comes close to the Lord. Almighty, nothing as sweet as his love. And mercy, nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty, nothing as sweet as His love And mercy, such an awesome God So mighty so holy, so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so faithful you are. And nothing comes close to
had a good time at church today. Amen. What a good day. And so again, we love you dads. Keep up the good work. Amen. And let's give our, give our families, our love, our time and a godly example. And we know that man, that the the Lord is going to bless your home and your house. All right. Well, I want to remind you, no service tonight. So we'll see you Wednesday night at seven for the hour of power. Bring the kids out. We've got kids stuff on Wednesdays too. And also again, this is Dan and Stacy's last day. So give them some love on the way out and we're going to be seeing them again. All right. This is not our final goodbye. We're going to see them again. Praise God. Uh, but we do love them and we do bless them today. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else I need to say? All right, let's go ahead and we're going to close out in prayer and do our Barstow faith confession. Grab those kids, go get some lunch. Let's do this. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word today. And Lord, above all, we thank you that we've got you as our father, Lord. If our dad is maybe gone down here or, or maybe we just didn't simply have a, a very good dad down here, Lord, we celebrate you today and we say happy Father's Day to you because you deserve it. And so, Lord... 
We love you and we thank you that you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've always provided. You've always come through. Lord, I ask that you would use us this week to show the love of Jesus everywhere we go, Lord, whether it be here in Barstow or Fort Irwin or Victorville or the Marine Base or anywhere we go, Lord. Help us to show your love and your goodness. And we know you're coming back soon, Lord. We thank you for all that you are in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. All right. Come here, Noah. All right. This young man is going to lead us in the Barstow Faith Confession. All right. Amen. He's been trying for a few weeks here, so I need to get him in here. All right. Okay. And all right. I'll let, he's got an announcement after that too. All right. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, peace. Barstow is full of glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.